Good morning, everybody. Welcome into 104 Through the Fans Coffee Break. We've got DMAC, we've got Will Peterson, Rachel B. Hill all hanging out with you. We've got a, a lot of interesting stuff to cover today. Um, but first of all, gentlemen, how are we? DMAC, what coffee are we drinking today? Oh, just my generic, I don't know nothing about coffee, but I like coffee thing. It's more about the Syracuse mug today. It's more about the mug that I choose than the actual coffee. And Rachel doesn't even drink coffee. Then I don't know what you got there, Will. I don't know what your choice of... Well, I've got my uh, Brandon Soakley Gatorade Zero. Um, I know when he won the King Supers fan pick he went and bought 100 bucks worth of Gatorade Zero. So I am channeling my inner Stoke. Well, so I'm the only one on Coffee Break that actually literally drinks coffee. I had coffee like an hour and a half ago. Oh, all right. I was going to say, Will, do you drink coffee? Yeah, I'm not a huge caffeine guy. It makes me real jumpy. So one a day, one a day. So I had, no, my, but, but I had my cup this morning. Highly processed sugar in a liquid form is fine. Well, see, this is what we talked about with Stoke. It is the zero, so there's no sugar. Uh, yeah, zero grams of sugar in this bad boy. So I don't All drink right. regular Gatorade. I drink the oh. zero Gatorade. Yes. By the way, I had something crazy happen for whatever reason. All my, like not all my, but a significant amount of contacts disappeared from my phone last night <laughs> and I don't know why like Rachel you so I like save numbers so like I didn't have you saved anymore and Will I don't know if I do have you saved Will in all honesty so uh no so I'll, well, this I'll, tell, you good. This. I'll yeah. tell you this if anybody knows me You've got to text me to tell me who you are because I don't have anybody's like name saved anymore. So that's very strange. It has happened to me. Have you like restarted your phone? I know that's the most like basic answer. I, last night we're doing something different at work for emails, uh-huh. and I transferred one email thing to another. So I did do something, but mm-hmm. and I don't know if that had some sort of impact um, going from one thing to another. I don't know. Um, <laughs> It seems weird, a weird connection. But literally, please send me, if you know me, send me a text and tell me who you are. Because I'm just got, I, I got all the numbers. I got all sorts of numbers in here. You know, I, you know, like, like, look at this right here. Can you see? I mean, you know, here's like numbers. I don't know who anybody is. <laughs> okay, this opens up an interesting conversation because I'm somebody, I have to at least have a conversation with you probably like 10 times for me to save your number in my phone. Do you both just save numbers automatically or do you like wait a certain period of time, Will? No, I save right away because I'll get too confused and I'll mix people up. So I'm a big save numbers guy. I was also a producer in radio for, you know, five, six years. And you'd get some numbers of some folks that you'd want to save um, because they were, you know, they were some big name guests. I guess I built up the Rolodex doing that. So there's some numbers. That, that would be a fun game one day. Who's the most famous person saved in your phone. DMAC has no one saved anymore, so he can't participate. I, I have a lot of text conversations, but I, I'm going through them trying to figure out. That's how I got you, Rachel, because I just went through them, and I'm like, oh, this has to be Rachel based on the conversation that we're having. Um, so, you know. We did get some tech help. Your contacts are synced to your email, and whatever email changes you made is what caused that. Almost guaranteed it's iCloud-related. So There you go. DMAC tech issues. Huh? I know. But that's so, so that's what happened. I, I, I migrated from one email to another and it wiped out a ton of con- contacts because of that. Interesting. Well, now you know, well, DMAC. Let me, let me tell you whose fault this is. This is Rooftop Richie Carney's fault. 
because he was the one overseeing it, gave me no warning, sat there like a taskmaster, getting me to do this. So I blame Richie. All right, enough about my stupid problems. But that is crazy how much that has thrown me off already this morning, just not knowing who anybody is. Yeah, I mean, no, definitely fair enough. I will say um, when I don't know who's texting me and they, like, say my name, I'm like, oh, my goodness. I've also, Will, I don't know if you ever did this. You ever put your phone number on a resume and you are, um, yeah, like a resume that you sent out? People can now find that. I had Googled because somebody random had texted me one day and they had found my phone number because of an old resume from when I was like in college. So just a fair warning. Definitely go back and delete those. I haven't had that happen to me, but Rachel, we are talking to the guy who gives his number out on the radio. So DMAC, you probably get texts from numbers you don't know all the time. Well, that's, I do. 719-229-8152. I I do. Um, so it even, and I, and I don't really save them because I don't know who they are. Right. I, you know, if, if you tell me who you are, I'll save you. But if I just get random texts, you know, what's funny about that. Um, I get texts from people who are angry at me, which is a riot oh for a second. Like you're so angry. You want to reach out to me personally, one-on-one to tell me how wrong I am. I mean, I just had a back and forth with somebody about quarterbacks today. I, I have no idea who they are. Like, I'm, I'm doing a radio show for one person. <laughs> I don't know how you deal with it, D-Mac. I give you major props, but we're already, like, seven minutes into the show. I haven't talked a single thing of sports, so let's go on to the Colorado Avalanche, D-Mac, because I know last night you went out to the preseason game. You went back out to Ball Arena. How was it? Um, let me give everybody a heads up about preseason hockey. It sucks. And I, I, I think I knew that. In fact, uh, my pal Arif actually suggested that they just have a running clock. And I, I thought that was actually a brilliant suggestion. Th- there were more penalties called than punts during the Niners-Broncos game. I mean, this thing was boring from the get-go, and it crawled to an even slow. They call the penalty guys with four seconds left to go in the game. That is not a joke. With four seconds left to go in the game, they called a freaking, I don't know, holding penalty or interference or something. I'm like, hey, 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 we're being tortured enough. Um, Hardly any of the starters or, or not starters, main players played, but Sam Girard did play, which was good, and he played well. Okay. Alex Newhook played a very prominent role. I mean, he was your top line center yesterday, and that's just good to see him back in the mix. And then you've got, you know, um, Martin Couts. Is he going to play? Ben Myers, what role is he going to play? you got a lot of guys who are out there last night who are actually going to have significant support roles for the team. So it's not like last night was like a waste of time, but it was it was a poorly played game. Uh, Francois was bad. I mean, Pavel Francois actually was like not good. Um, allowed five goals and some bad goals, like rebounds and not holding on to the puck and just, like, sloppy. But a lot of that has to do, of course, with, um, you know, everybody who else who's on the ice. So I'm not drawing any final conclusions about anything. I mean, absolutely nothing. But it was just a, a lousy game to be at. There were a million, million penalties. The Avs lost. <laughs> and you didn't know anybody on the ice. Well, and you make an interesting point about Frankie, D-Mac. Obviously – Frankie helped him win the Western Conference final. You know, there was a lot of talk, Darcy, Frankie, Darcy, Frankie. Frankie's a fine goalie. 
But he's a lot better when he got Kale McCarr and Devontae's and Eric Johnson and Bowen Byram in front of him. As D-Mac mentioned, when the only two household names really are Gerard and Newhook, then it's not going to be a real pretty product. And Frankie giving up five, yeah, I'm not hitting the panic meter, but he was a product last year of that team in front of him. He made some nice saves, but but I think we tried to crown Frankie maybe a little too early. Frankie is an older player, period. You know, he's in his 30s. Uh, there's a reason why they went off and got Georgie, okay? And this isn't us making this up. These are the literal hockey experts who just won a Stanley Cup. This is the decisions they made. Frankie's fine for his role, um, but that's that's about it, okay? And we don't have any other expectations. By the way, the Avalanche played tonight. In fact, they're they're doing their skate right now at Family Sports, and then they get on a plane and they play tonight. They're making cuts today and after the game. They're just cutting guys like left and right today. So you get about a week. Yeah, I know, crazy, right? You get when you think about compare that to the Broncos, you get like a week of training camp, and they're gonna cut like today. They may cut like I don't know, ten to fifteen guys, maybe more. Who knows? Just like that, done. And then Do you they think have that one, Nathan McKinnon guy will make the team though, Dmac. He's gonna be okay. Okay. I just don't know how much he's going to play. Maybe he'll play a little bit uh, next Wednesday when they play at home. Maybe they'll play tonight a little bit. I don't know. I, I don't know what it really takes. These guys are in great shape. The season could start tomorrow. But I will tell you this. It will not surprise me if there's a little bit of a hiccup to the beginning of the AV season. I'm not going to panic about it. I'm not going to worry about it. But just don't be surprised, say, 10 games in, and it's something like, you know, I don't know, uh, Four, three, and three, something like that. You know, something along those lines. Don't freak out. Don't panic about it. But don't be surprised by it either. It's a long season. The NHL season is a long season. And technically, we're looking at the regular season as one season and the postseason for the Avs is a different one. It's different than the NFL. Everybody take a breather if the Avs don't start super, super duper hot. But you know who does need to get cut? You need to pull out the scissors for this. Um, Some people up in CU are in Boulder oh. and in Fort Collins because, my goodness, the ESPN bottom 10 came out again. Um, Number two is the Colorado, duh. Um, yeah, not good, you guys. Meanwhile, the Buffs also ralphied up their fourth loss of the year. And then coming in at number one is my alma mater, Colorado, wow. duh, state. Um, Yeah, it's bad, you wow. guys. It's a bad time to have college football in Colorado for these two universities. Uh. Air Force, not looking bad. They did get their first loss, obviously, to Wyoming. Uh, so, not great. But not great. Well, it's, it's, it's like the worst thing ever. I know. I mean, I try, it's my alma mater, D-back. And, oh, and, Rachel, they were four and three last week in the worst teams in the country. They are now two and one. I believe oh, it was gosh. Hawaii and New Mexico State who were in front of them. I wrote the article for DenverFan.com. Yep. We are now looking at – Colorado and Colorado State as the two worst Division I football programs in the entire country. This is a stunning new low for college football in the state of Colorado. I mean, did you even know Sacramento State had a football team? Uh, I knew mean, they had a baseball team. Well, right, because their baseball team is actually really good. Yeah. Um, and that's how I know them too, the Hornets. But uh, a lot of those really good baseball schools in California – Seriously, they don't even have football teams. Yeah. Um, U- University of California, Santa Barbara, does not have a football team. Santa Clara does not have a football team. I had no idea Sacramento State even had a football team. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
They killed CSU. No, it's it's like I, I didn't know it could get worse, guys, but it did. I mean, you literally wait a second. You literally can't be worse than this. You've won zero games and you're ranked last. There's there's literally nowhere else to go. You're at the absolute bottom of college football today. We desperately need a Rocky Mountain showdown, an impromptu Rocky Mountain showdown. This year, it can be their it can be their bowl game. Let's play it on New Year's Day at Mile High or New Year's Eve at Mile High. The loser is the worst team in D1 football. One of them will at least get one win on the season. It is a tough time to be a Buff fan. It's a tough time to be a CSU fan. It's a tough time to be a Colorado college football fan. Uh it's also a tough time to be a Russell Wilson fan because, you guys, I have to show you this video. It is so cringy, and I, I honest, I can't wait to see your guys' reactions. Are you ready for this? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Hey, you want to uh, split this Subway sandwich? It is my signature sandwich. I can't even look. It's called the Danger Witch, and it's dangerously good. Oh, God. Be careful, though. Oh, no. It's spicy. Oh, dear. You ever done anything dangerous? Ugh. Cringy. Cringe. Jeez. That is dangerous. I've done something like that, too. I won't tell anybody. Oh, my God. Make it stop. One time? Never mind. That's too dangerous. Make it stop. Stop. Anyways. My danger witch. It's only in the vault. That's our little secret. What? That was Ed. Gosh, you guys. That was even edited. They they had edits in that. They took it down. It's no longer on his TikTok or his Twitter. Well, but... the message is bizarre. So wait, it's dangerous for me to eat a sandwich at Subway? How is where's the um? Well, it's so his it's signature sandwich. Like it's yeah. his ingredients. It's it's like you're ordering the the Russell Wilson special at Subway. Dmac, should we have? Should I go buy us those sandwiches today and we can try them? Clearly you shouldn't. It's just too dangerous. (laughs) Although that's, hey, yeah, you're coming in today, right? Perfect. Yes. Bring in, bring in the danger witch and we can experiment how dangerous it actually is on the air. That's a great idea. It is the most cringy video. I cannot believe that anybody allowed them to put that out. It's not a good look for Subway, and it's definitely not a good look for us. Hey, I'm eating this hamburger. It's it's toxic. <laughs> Boy, have you have you ever died eating a hamburger? Yum 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 yum. I mean, well, what is the feeling about a dangerous sandwich? Here's the thing, too. The Broncos country. Let's ride Broncos country. Let's ride Broncos country. Let's ride was posted by the Broncos. We don't know if Russell Wilson was thrilled about that or not because the Broncos social team posted it. This one, one of his 16 personal assistants thought this was a good idea to post it. And clearly Russ or someone on his team said, no, no, no. And it's deleted. But as we all know, the internet's forever. And obviously we got a copy of it. I saw a parody. Did you guys see the parody of him in the dark? I've seen like 50 parodies. The Dark Knight one. Did you see the Dark Knight one? With Heath Ledger when he breaks into the party Mm -hmm. and there's the creepy music and everything. I watched that one last night like four times. So, uh, yeah, I don't know who on Russ's team thought this was a good idea. But they might be looking for a new job because that thing has been scrubbed from his accounts. 
Well, it, and it was an edit. What didn't make the cut? Right. Like, I don't know. I mean, it's he. He's just not a funny guy. Uh, he's not. A, he's cringy. He's got a bunch of people around him telling him that's awesome when it's not. Uh, he needs he needs like a, like a a real guy like some some that needs to be a job like some dude who just keeps it real for Russell. You know, keep it real for Russell guy. Hire that dude. Never mind the guys that are just telling you how amazing you are. He needs one guy in his life to tell him the truth. I mean, hire. <laughs> needs to be back. <laughs> well, no, it probably wouldn't be me. I'm not the coolest guy. I might have been like, hey, sure, Russ. Eat a dangerous sandwich. That sounds good to me. No, no, no. He needs somebody cool. Not me. Not you, Will. Sorry. I mean, we got to – there's got to be somebody out there who's just, you know, I don't know, somebody. Somebody to help this guy out. Somebody. Uh, It's bad. Yeah, and uh, we got Clint that says maybe he can hire Hackett's game manager. So, uh, DMAC. That's it. Rosberg. Jerry Rosberg. Oh, yeah, I found out a little bit more about him today, by the way. Um, uh, let's see. How should I put this? Um, the, the genesis of how he came to be with the Broncos is kind of a mixed bag. I think it was ultimately a collaborative outlet. But how did they make that connection with Rosberg? Okay. Um, oh, my gosh. How do I put this? Well, I think you just need to connect some dots. Okay. Uh, and, and everybody comes from something. So if Rosberg came from Baltimore, what is the connection between George Payton and Baltimore? And then you kind of go from there because I don't think Hackett had anything to do with it. And maybe I should just leave it there. Maybe, maybe that would be a fun little, um, game for everybody to work on today is to try to, so it saves my bacon. So I don't have to quite give everything away, but I think if you just work backwards a little bit from Baltimore to uh, George Payton and people that are connected in between, I think you could probably reasonably find connections like that. And I think that's you're you're saying, though, that this was Payton's idea, not Hackett's. I'm not saying that, no. I'm I'm saying once it came to hiring a person to be dad. That's what they did, by the way, guys. You realize that, right? They hired a dad. They hired Mm -hmm. a dad. And they didn't hire just a dad for Nathaniel Hackett. But also uh, Dwayne Stukes, because Rosberg's expertise comes in the special teams department working with John Harbaugh. So uh, right now, only Evero, Coach Evero doesn't need a dad. Coach Evero seems to be fine. Um, but, but Stukes needed a dad, and so did Nathaniel Hackett, apparently, because they needed somebody to just say, hey, guys, let's think about this. Hey, guys, let's slow down. Hey, guys, let's think about a different way of doing things. And that's who Jerry Rosberg is. I mean, dad is a kinder term than babysitter. I, I, I have heard your your dad jokes. I, I use the word babysitter, but I'll, I'll go with dad. But this this cryptic DMAC, I kind of like it. So I got the wheels turning here. The connection between Baltimore and Minnesota. I mean, I know Ozzie Newsome, one of the most respected GMs ever. Mm-hmm. Is, there, is there a Minnesota link there? Am I on the right track or do I need to dig deeper? Um, you know, I can't, I can't, uh, I'm speculating. I'm going to dig into it more and hopefully maybe we, there'll be more to say about it. So I don't want to definitively say anything right now, one way or the other, but I think it's fair to say there was some sort of connection between Baltimore and Denver. There had to be like guys like this don't get hired 
first of all, you've got you've got to know that this guy want to come wants to come back. He'd been retired for three years, and there's not a direct relationship with George Payton, Nathaniel Hackett, and Jerry Rosberg. They didn't know each other. They didn't, but other people did. And and you know what? It's a small world. So, Will, you you may not be wrong. There may be sure there may be an Aussie Newsom factor there um, because it is a small world for general managers. And once the word gets out that we're looking for a guy like that, who knows who phone ring? So if you want to say it was Hackett's idea, you know, you could say it was Hackett's idea. If you want to say it was Peyton's idea, I suppose you could. Actually, none of that matters. What matters is they needed to fix a problem, and they did it. I mean, it worked, and it worked like that. And I'm glad they did it. And I don't think less of anybody because you need a dad. I think we all could use a dad. I, you know, it's not like, you, you know, dads are good. I love dads. And it's not babysitting because babysitting would be you're completely in charge of the situation and kids don't like to be babysit that. Hopefully people like their dad. A dad's just offering you advice. A babysitter is telling you what to do. And I don't think Rosberg is babysitting. I think he's offering advice, good advice, but he's not telling them what to do like a babysitter. So real quick on that, does Hackett have the authority to tell Rosberg no? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So Rosberg can say you need to punt this when they're fourth and no, one at their own He would never see say the word need. It would never be need. Okay, he you would, should punt this. Yeah. And Hackett can say, well, you know what, Dad, I'm the head coach. I'm going to go for it. Sure. I mean, kids do stupid things to their dads all the time. I mean, you make mistakes. Whether I, I've always told my kids, I've never told you not to study. I've never told you to do drugs or drink. I've never told you to be, you know, mean to a girl or something like that. I mean, I've only given you good advice. I, I've never given my kids anything but good advice, period. Now, do my kids listen to my good advice? No. I mean, not always. I mean, sometimes they pick and choose. Am I always right? Actually, no. I'm not always right. Because oftentimes my kids actually do know better than me about their own circumstances. But I'm never going to tell you something on purpose that's going to be bad for you. I'm going to give you dad advice and dad jokes. That's what you get from me. Okay. Well, on this note, uh, what's the best advice your dad's ever given you, Will? Putting you on the spot with a big big one. Uh, You know what? It it honestly kind of ties into what DMAC said there. The day I got dropped off at college, he just looked at me. I I was joining a fraternity, and he said, don't drink Everclear. And I said, (laughs) what? What's ever clear? And I've never touched the stuff. And obviously now as a 32-year-old, I know that uh, that's, you know, basically flammable alcohol that could light your insides on fire. I'm sure that the proof is through the roof, uh, the the content. So don't drink Everclear. Three pretty simple words that was good advice that got me through college without touching the stuff. Rachel, I've actually asked my father this question on the radio before, and I've got three for you, okay? Okay. He said, one, never trust a fart, okay? (laughs) Probably pretty solid advice. Two, (laughs) two, which is a little bit, you don't need it now because things are different with technology, but two, keep a spare set of keys in your wallet, car keys. At the time, really solid advice. Um, The third piece of advice was extremely graphic in a sexual nature, and he literally told me on a beach um, the night before I went off to college. I grew up on the East Coast, we went out to a beach, and he gave me very specific um, sexual advice that I cannot reveal here. He wasn't wrong, um, but it really put my 
mom in a different frame. <laughs> oh God. But anyway. Ooh, okay, um, I guess I'll go with mine. The one that comes to the top of my mind is my dad always told me that nothing good ever happens after midnight. And I feel like that is so true. The older you get, the more I'm well, like, no. I would rather just be home by like 11 o'clock, to be honest. So yeah. that's probably the top of one that comes to mind. Um, I would love for people to tell us their favorite advice that their dad has given them or the best advice, because I find it very interesting. Uh, Clint, yeah, with the skull emoji saying D-Mac, uh, you're, you leave us you leave us just with our mouths dropped all the time. I, I, I kill you in truth. And, and the, fact that it, the fact that it actually happened on a beach was was mind blowing to me. And uh, uh, it really was like the worst after school special of all time. Uh, my dad's uh, sex advice to me. And, we, and that was it. That was it. It was very graphic, very specific. And one time and one time only. <laughs> I've never revisited the topic with him. Good to know. Okay, going back to the football side of things with Jerry, uh, do you think we're only going to see improvement on this game management aspect as this relationship continues to grow? Or do you think we're kind of at where this advice take, it's taken place and it's just going to be stagnant, Will? Oh, yeah. I mean, listen, the, the Hackett was the talk of the football world after the Seattle game. And mm-hmm. I know they were at 2 o'clock on a Sunday against Houston and there was a couple other games going on. And Hackett was still the talk of the football world. And then we get into a primetime game against San Francisco. There were a lot of things that people were talking about after that game. A lot of snark, a lot of things people didn't like. Heck, the final score was 11 to 10. But thank goodness, for the first time all year, we were not talking about Nathaniel Hackett after the game. I think Jerry Rosberg had a huge impact on that, a huge help on that. It is only going to get better. And fingers crossed that us having to talk about Hackett all week is a thing of the past. Yeah, and by the way, I can feel it doing the radio show, too, because we moved on quickly to the Raiders, very quickly. In fact, we went kind of deep into them even yesterday, and certainly it will go further in that direction today as, you know, we really, really sort of dig into them. So we weren't lingering on the past. Also, there was a self-realization by Russell Wilson. I got to run. I got to run occasionally. Not all the time, but I got to pick my spots and I got to run. And I thought he did so very nicely and very well. So, and there was only one time that I remember the crowd doing that countdown thing. Um, and, and even that was, was really subtle and quiet. And I, I really doubt you could even pick it up on TV. It only happened one time. Everything else was actually relatively smooth. Now, you know, there were a lot of three and outs. I mean, the fact that you won a game with 10 three and outs is, I mean, or, or wait, you punted 10 times, right? How many three and outs were there? A bunch, right? A I, think bunch. It was, I think it was eight or nine. Yeah, it was eight a or lot. nine, and you punted yeah. ten times, and you won. And and the reason you actually did win that is because you did force three turnovers. You did, mm-hmm. and that made an absolutely huge impact. And then you got some help by the the 49ers, right? Because they missed a wide open touchdown on a bad throw or a miscatch or whatever you want to say. You lucked out to a certain degree, but you made your own luck because you played so well defensively. So they, they should feel good about all of it. It did operate much smoother. And I got great news about the Raiders. The Raiders are a dumpster fire. And this is a very, very winnable game. Are they, though? Yes. Yes. Yes, they are. Here's the thing, though. They've been, they have had their mistakes plenty, but they've been in games. We've seen them. They lost by, what, two points, I want to say. They went into OT in one. Their offense is looking a little bit better than what the Broncos have so far put out. I think this could 
could be a sneaky one that could come up and bite the Broncos if they oh. can't get going. Well, they could lose against anybody, Rachel. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, so I'm never going to be surprised by somebody who beats the Broncos. The Broncos aren't that good to be, you know, incredible. We're going to win every single game. Yeah. But in the game you were talking to, losing by two points, they were actually down 24 yeah. to 10 after the first half. I mean, they were getting their doors blown off by the Titans. And a Titans team that had just got shellacked by the Buffalo Bills the week before, okay? So, and yeah, but I mean, they lost to, who else the Raiders lose to? The Chargers, who are really Mm -hmm. struggling. And they lost to the Cardinals, who are having all sorts of problems. So they're losing to bad teams, too. And I don't think the Titans are very good either, by the way, despite how good they were last year. But when they played the Chargers, they still had a healthy Justin Herbert. Because it was week one. Yeah, um, well, the Chargers got their own problems. That's kind of another sort of, you know, problem. The the weird thing about the Raiders right now, at least in the last two weeks, they haven't really focused on Devontae Adams enough, which is wild. There's the He did have 10 targets in the game against Tennessee, but only five catches. Those are very Jerry Judy-like sort of numbers. And this is a guy that you've got to get to the ball. There is no way. I'd be stunned if you guys had heard of Mac Hollins. I hadn't. Before the Tennessee game, he had eight catches for 145 yards and a touchdown. And the only reason he was playing was because Hunter Renfro is is hurt. Dude, these guys aren't that good. And Tennessee just did whatever they wanted against them for the most for the most part. No, I'm I get you. They could obviously lose, but I like this game for the Broncos. And I, and I just got to add real quickly on that Cardinals game, guys. That was one of the all-time collapses. I know that's when the Broncos-Texans were going on, so we weren't totally locked into it. They were up 16 points in the final moments, gave up two touchdowns, two two-point conversions. Kyler Murray went crazy. And then in OT, they were driving down to win the game. And by the way, they decided to fumble Cardinals scoop and score, walk-off touchdown to win it at OT. Like, they absolutely gagged that game away. d right, they were losing big to the Titans. And the Chargers, like, Rachel, your point on Herbert being healthy is valid, but the Chargers stink. There's not a lot around Herbert. I mean, they just lost to Jacksonville 38-10. to 38-10. to I don't think we can be putting any stock in the Chargers. At at home. At home. I don't think Jacksonville is the Jacksonville that we are all thinking of, though, that was just awful. I think that they're they're slowly on the uprise, okay? Yes. 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 That London game for the Broncos, we all said cupcake, cupcake. No yep. longer a cupcake by yep. any stretch. That's going to be a tough one out over the pond. There's not a single game that I look at on the Broncos' schedule right now that I'm like, oh, that's an easy win with how this offense is going, and that's what concerns me the most. Well, listen, I'm telling you, if you can't beat the Colts on a short week at home, um, you got some issues. And I know the Colts just upset Kansas City, but Kansas City was kind of their own worst enemy in that game, okay? Um, and And playing on short weeks as a road team, uh, yeah, that Jacksonville game is tricky. But but to James Merrillat's 7-1 prognostication, there is a path. There absolutely is a path to that, and it's not crazy. So, so here we go. And, you know, winning a good divisional road game, what an incredible step in the right direction. And even if they don't win, it's not the end of the day. That's for sure. This, however, for the Raiders is it. This is it for them. It. Only six teams in NFL history have ever made the playoffs being 0-4. Your season's done at 0-4. So this this is absolutely huge for them. Absolutely huge. So they are going to 
tried to get the ball to Devontae Adams. No doubt about it. So Patrick Sertan, my man, let's go. Because maybe people have been avoiding him. That will not happen in this game. It'll be a, it'll be a battle. And this, this could be an amazing moment for Patrick Sertan. It could be incredible. My man. I my like man, that. Patrick Sertan. Mama. Oh, I like that even more. Um, Will, will there be more Broncos or Raiders fans in the stands come Sunday? Yeah, I think it's going to be a sea of orange. I would go probably about 50-50, but those aerial shots of the orange versus the black are going to look really cool. Orange is the new black. You know, the, the, this Broncos yeah, fan base is going to travel. We've heard about how expensive that the, the tickets are, the hotels are. Um now, DMAX made a good point on that. A lot of that is because ticket brokers just buy them all up and then resell them to Joe Schmo walking down the street in Vegas. Like, hey, you want to go to Cirque du Soleil or you want to go to a football game? You know, so that'll be an interesting dynamic. But you better believe that starting probably tomorrow and then Friday and Saturday, every single Southwest United Delta flight that's going Denver to Vegas is going to have 80 Broncos fans on it. Yeah. Those will all be full with, with orange. And by the way, Denver to Vegas flights run like every hour on the hour. So that's a lot of Broncos fans that are making the trek. Listen, this is by far the best road trip for Broncos fans. If you just think ahead a little bit, you can easily, I mean, easily fly in, fly out and, and not have to even get a hotel. There's, there's ways to, I mean, I would and have some fun in Vegas, but this is a must go to road trip. And not just because of, you know, Sin City and Vegas, but it's absurdly close. I mean, it's it's ridiculously easy to get there, and everything is so accessible. When you land at McCarran, you're only like five minutes from the strip, and the, the stadium is right next to Mandalay Bay. You just walk over a closed bridge. I mean, it is absurd how easy it is to get to this. I think it would take you basically as much time to go to the Raiders game as it would take you sometimes to drive, say, from – I don't know, Pueblo, to go to a Broncos game, Pueblo and back, something like that. So it's it's amazing how easy this is. So, Will, I think you're right. And I think there's a lot of smart Broncos fans out there. Last year was tricky because it was the day after Christmas. No conflicts with that. This is going to be an amazing Broncos crowd out there. This is such a great game for the Broncos in so many ways. Uh, real quick before I let you guys go, because Mark Schlereth is going to go inside the game with us. Um, we, I just saw this comment, which made me think of it. Obviously, Josh McDaniels is the head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. Give me your best PG name that you've heard for Josh McDaniels, because I just saw Voldemort in the comments. Will? Uh, Mick Moron. Hmm. Interesting. Well, my, and I'm not trying to, you know, on, on current events, so I'm not trying to make fun of current events of what's going on in Florida. But, but our, our nickname, what we called him, was Hurricane, Hurricane Josh because he would just kind of come in and ruin everything like you sort of knew it was coming, come in and destroy everything and then just leave. And you just looked around and you're like, what happened here? And, that, mm-hmm. and I, I am not trying to make light of very serious things that are happening in Florida. Uh, but that was our nickname for him because that's who I think he is. Um, I, I think he's a destructive force of nature. And teams should stay away from him in terms of being a head coach. Fine as a coordinator, but as a head coach, it is amazing to me. Amazing to me that he's getting another shot. He was a disaster in Denver. He screwed over Indianapolis, and he starts 0-3 with the Raiders. I mean, you've got to be kidding me with Josh McDaniels being in charge of your football team. 
He'll be one and done and go crawl back to Bill Belichick. Remember, Belichick didn't hire an He didn't hire an offensive coordinator. He's leaving that seat wide open for Joshy Boy next year. Uh, very good point. Okay, I do want to just say, though, we are obviously sending our best wishes to everybody out in Florida. Um, stay safe, everybody, of course. Um, again, well wishes from everybody here at 104.3 The Fan. We'll appreciate your time, but it's now time to go inside the game as we get ready to hang out with Mark Schlereth. Inside, presented by Bet River Sportsbook. All right, Mark, how are you? I'm doing great, Rachel. How are you? Good. What game do you have this week? Uh, I have um, Tennessee at Indianapolis this weekend. Okay. Should yeah. be an interesting game for Strange sure. Strange kind of AFC matchup for me because normally I'm in the NFC, but um, it's becoming less and less conference-conference that way. I've got uh, people working on my stuff going in the back, so uh, I apologize as people walk through here. <laughs> no, no worries at all. Okay, let's get into it. We are just talking about fans in the stands and the over or under of what we expect to see with Bronco fans traveling. Do you think over or under 49.5, 49.5 for Broncos? Um, I'm going to go I'm gonna go a little bit under, but I think they're going to be very well represented in the stands. A little under, but a very well represented. So – uh, I think the Broncos will travel well. They they always do. And, heck, uh, you know, everywhere they've gone, even in Seattle uh, with the 12th man, they were well represented. A lot of orange jerseys in that crowd. No, absolutely. Okay, Devontae Adams is going to be key for the Raiders this week. They haven't really gotten him going, so a lot of people are expecting to see that this week. Um, over or under 74 and a half receiving yards for Adams. Um, I'm going to go over. And, you know, the first weekend of the season, he got 17 targets, 10 catches. I think he had 140-some-odd yards. Uh, he's He's gotten targets. He just hasn't had as many receptions. And I think a lot of it is watching them in critical situations go elsewhere. And so I think, uh, you know, they've gone to Waller. They've gone to other guys. They've gone to Hunter Rempro. I think there's going to be a, an effort from Josh and also from Derek Carr to say, hey, listen – in critical situations, like let the scheme take you where it takes you first and second down, you know, first down and 10, second down and five minus, but in critical situations, find 17, even if he's double covered, fit him the ball. How confident are you in Pat Sertan that he'll be able to shut down Devontae Adams? Um, I, I, when he's on him, Pat Sertan is going to do a great job, not only from the, the I mean, the guy from a route matching standpoint, um, what he's been doing, tackling, all those things. You know, he'll be good at that. The thing is, is they're going to move him around. They're not going to let Pat Sertan just basically blanket him or follow him. So they'll move him into slot. They'll move him to the backside, a bunch of formations. They'll do a bunch of different things, stack him so he gets the second release. So they'll do some things to, you know, to essentially take that away from him. Do you want to say hi? Do you want to see some cuteness? Yes. Hello. Say Hi. Hi. Hi, Rachel. Grandpa. Uh, Stink, what's your nickname? I, it's not Grandpa, is it? It's Popo. Popo, correct. Popo. Oh, my gosh. So stinking cute. Okay, well, last one for us, and then we'll let you get back to having a little bit of fun over there. Uh, Broncos offense, they've clearly struggled. They haven't been able to get things going over or under 23 and a half points for Denver this week. I'm going to go over, and some of it is I think they get themselves back together. We saw Russell Wilson on that last drive make some plays, scramble around, make some plays on the run, throwing the ball. So I think that was big. And I think the other thing um, for me is watching the Raiders over the last couple of weeks. And uh, I have Tennessee. They played the Raiders last week. The amount of explosive 
mistake of explosive plays they give up, the mistakes that they make um, will lend itself to the Broncos taking advantage and scoring maybe some big over the top touchdowns. So I'm going to say the Broncos getting better offensively. Russell Wilson, you know, having some off schedule plays he's going to take advantage of, and the Raiders consistently making mistakes through the first three weeks of the season. That's going to be the difference for the Broncos scoring. I think they're going to score between 24 and 30, somewhere in there. Does this mean you're taking the Broncos to beat the Raiders? Absolutely. All right, Mark, as always, appreciate it. Go have fun, Popo. Um, Thanks for going inside the game with us. All right, thanks. No problem. All right, inside the game with Mark Schlereth, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. DMAC, so cute, first of all. So cute. Um, I'd show you one of my cats, but they hate me. I love when we do see your cat going in between yeah. the stairs up there, though. It is. Where so- are they? Hold on a second. He got road trip to, to find the kitty. Hold on, um, hold, on, hold on. Let me show you cuteness right here. Let me show you. Wait, come here. Come here, Rachel. I'll show you Rachel. Rachel, this is Rachel. Now, this is this is my cat who is just thrilled to be here. And there you go. That's Rachel. The- oh, wow. Wow. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah. Rachel Ross, if you didn't know our D-Max cats, obviously named after friends. You're right. They're not big fans of you, D-Max. Hopefully, no. they like your wife a little bit more than you. Uh, they like my wife a lot more than me. I'm, where's Rachel now? Not nearly as cute as Mark's grandkids. Mark's grandkids are fun. Um, let's talk a little bit real quick. We've got just a few more minutes, but the Nuggets are in San Diego because they are doing training camp out there. Interesting that they leave elevation. I know we kind of talked about this yesterday. Um, so it's interesting that they leave to go down to San Diego where there's no elevation because that's usually the advantage we have here in the mile high city but they went to a padres game last night dmac yeah. they were sitting up close and personal right behind um the pitcher's mount or right behind the home plate excuse me mm-hmm. um but they're not wearing you know normal gear they're wearing padres gear how do you feel about that i'm fine with it i don't care about silly stuff like that deandre jordan played for the clippers you know he's uh Probably has Southern California or, or uh, San Diego roots. By the way, Jokic was wearing uh, – did you see the hat he was wearing? It, 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 it was a uh, horse racing hat. Believe it. Jeff Green, Nikola Jokic, two-time MVP, Ish Smith, and DeAndre J- Jordan. Thank you so much for coming. Front row seats. Former Clipper. Yeah. DeAndre Jordan, yeah. right? Flip show in the house. This is no. going to make me sound bad, but every single time I see their uniforms, all I think about is Buffalo Wild Wings. The yellow, and it it just makes me think of Buffalo Wild Wings. Hey, you realize Jokic is not a Broncos fan, right? You know who? Do you know who he's a fan of? No. Well, think about it for a second. Who do you think Nikola Jokic is a big fan of in the NFL, and it's not the Broncos? Think about it. Hmm. Think about your paycheck. Oh, the Rams. The Rams. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and rightfully so. I mean, if I had somebody, Rachel, paying me $50 million a year, I'd go to their uh, hamburger store. I'd go to their clothing store. I'd root for their teams. 
You want to pay me $50 million a year? I will root for whoever else you own, as I'm a fan of. So I don't hold anything against Jokic. And, hey, to Jokic's credit, he wasn't wearing the Padres gear. He was wearing some sort of horse racing, you know, thing, because that's what he's really into. True. I don't care what the guys – that's fine by me, Rachel. I, you know, did the Rock? they lost, right? I'm sure the Rockies lost last night. They're awful. <laughs> they are just atrocious. It's, it's, it's fall spring training. I don't expect them to wear Rocky stuff, but I just didn't expect them to wear Padres stuff. Well, they were at a Padres game, Rachel. I, that doesn't mean if you go to a, let's see, an Indianapolis Colts game, are you going to wear Colts gear? Well, look where they were sitting, too. You think they got those on StubHub, or do you think the owner of the team gave them those tickets? You know, so. <laughs> the so gonna, making I'm, millions. I'm going to guess they got hooked up with the tickets. And when they walked in, they were handed stuff. Like, here you go. You know, DeAndre Jordan, I think, was wearing a, the back of his jersey said green. You know, I mean, that was DeAndre Jordan. not Or unless, wait a second, I could be wrong. Uh, was Jeff Green there? Maybe Jeff Green was <laughs> I don't think Jeff Green was. I know. Ish. Well, that would make, hey, listen, if Jeff Green was there and he's wearing a shirt that said green, that would suddenly make a lot more sense, wouldn't it? So. I'm going to guess it was green. Well, I don't know. Oh, it was green. I remember you know, Jake Shapiro at the back end just saying green, Ish Smith, and Jordan with Jokic. Okay. Green All of a sudden, somebody wearing green on the back of their jersey makes a heck of a lot more sense because his name is green. True. So, okay. True, true. Uh, DMAC, as always, it is a pleasure hanging out with you every morning. To everybody else that tuned in, thank you so much. We love it. Thank you for all the comments. Again, we love hanging out with you guys. It makes our morning. Um, We'll be back tomorrow morning, 1030 a.m., and we'll see everybody then. Bye, everyone.